This week on the Fantasy Football Hangover, we are getting wiggy with the psychedelic porn crumpets. Sit back, strap in, and let us hit you with some riffs. listeners welcome back to the fantasy football hangover we're still in season three we're now on episode five and i have rob clark with me hello rob hello hello hello. i'm socially distanced via zoom don't worry we're not standing each other's like we normally are Um, (laughs) how are you rich yeah very well thanks you know i'm sort of preparing for a show without will sadly can't be with us this week no will is off he's um well you know what it's, it's tuesday morning we should mention that and it was transfer deadline day last night. We should also mention that. Yeah, absolutely. We will get into all of that later, won't we? But yeah, no, I'm feeling good. The sun's out and my wild card is active. Oh, I love an active wild card, which leads us neatly into some tips. Rob. Pablo Fornells at West Ham, 6.4 million, 0.2% owned, 9 and 12 points in his last two games. Traditionally tough games coming up, Tottenham City, Liverpool, but right now that means nothing. Then I've gone for fixture proof himself, Callum Wilson at Newcastle, 6.4 million, 12% owned, 8 and 16 points in his last two games. Man United, Wolves, Everton, Southampton. And then just because he was 6.4 million as well, I went for Tillemans at Newcastle. <laughs> Villa, Arsenal and Leeds next, and he's 6.4. Go, Rick. On that lesser tip, I've gone for Harvey Barnes, 7.1 million, under 7% owned. I thought he was their best player against West Ham. Pictures you mentioned already. And former Leicester star, Mr. Benjamin Chilwell, fresh off his goal and assist uh, against Palace. He's looking good. They got Southampton at home, Man United and Burnley. Then the final choice is Ross Barkley. Um, he looked great. His relationship with uh, Grealish against Liverpool was superb. 0.8% owned and only 5.9 million. Get him in your team. <laughs> there we go. Mustn't forget the monkey. Yeah, it's good Will sent us the monkey, actually, because um, I don't know how we'd have done that effect if we hadn't. But yeah, he's not around, but he posted the monkey. So it's behaving. Yeah, it's, a, it's been a crazy, 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 crazy weekend of footy ball, hasn't it? There's lots to mull over and lots to analyse and lots to bang your head against a wall about. Um, so with that in mind, and with Will absent, we uh, we managed to get a special guest in for this week, didn't we? We had a lovely chat. We did, yeah. We were very fortunate to be joined by Jack McEwen, who's the uh, lead singer and lead guitarist for the Psychedelic Porn Crumpets. So he joined us live from Perth on a sunny early evening kicking back having a couple of beers and chatting football which was thoroughly enjoyable wasn't it Rob? Yeah he was he's I mean so if you if you don't know the band Psychedelic Porn Crumpets great name there's there's a reason to check them out they're great um, and he's a lovely fella yeah he had really interesting insight attending football matches playing gigs it's all going on in Perth they've had quite a different experience of lockdown and he gave us some nice tips on beards which we all need yeah Um, and beers, beards and beers, um, mid-strength beers, haven't heard of that before. But yeah, we had a really good chat and he knows his footy, 
And um, we tried to talk to him about his music, but he was more, he's like, let's just keep talking about football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he really enjoyed the opportunity to talk about football. We're saying it's not, obviously not as big out there. I meant to mention to him actually when we were talking, but we kind of got into the football. I saw, I saw them play last year at the Great Escape. I was actually, I went to um, the tent down on the beach. I watched them. And in the same afternoon, I went to see fellow Aussie rockers, uh, Tropical Fuckstorm. So it's like ah. porn crumpets followed by a tropical fuckstorm. It was a right, hell of an yeah. afternoon. Yeah, and if you like your if you like your, your riffs and your you know interesting progressive rock, then they're definitely worth checking out. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's hear what he had to say. We have a lead singer of the psychedelic porn crumpets, um, Mr. Jack McEwen, joining us. So for those who don't know, uh, Jack has followed in the hallowed footsteps of Australian forebear Kevin Muscat. Uh, departing the UK at a young age and moving to Australia. Uh, he's developed a sound described as, and you might correct me if I'm wrong here, Jack, but uh, psych grunge surf rock. I think the surf part feels a bit yeah, that works. But yeah, no, that's that right. Yeah, so he's from, yeah, from the, the, the Perth music scene. Um, he grew up in Woburn Sands, which I'm sure he'll tell us a little bit about when we get into it. He's a Newcastle fan. He is sitting in mid-table mediocrity in the Fantasy Football Hangover League, but his band have just done a few live shows, which is amazing because we haven't seen or heard of those in the UK for a long time. They've got a new single, Mr. Prison, out now, fourth album on the way. So they're riding high. So it's Jack McEwen of the Psychedelic Porn Crumpets. Welcome to the show, Jack. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah. That's a pleasure, glad to, be, glad to be talking about football, actually, to someone because there's uh, not many people here I can chat about it to, so... Well, yeah, Jack, good. Jack you're, you're putting us to shame as well. You're sitting out in in the shade, enjoying a beer as well, which is something we no, use. No, it's nice. Do. Yeah, it's perfect weather for it. I think we was just hit five p.m. Was it Tuesday? So, yeah. Well, I'm counting down for us. It's three days till Friday. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should say for this is this is uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, sixth of October. Jack's joining us from Perth, so he's settling into the evening as we're starting our day. Um, so, Jack, you're a Newcastle fan, aren't you? Yeah, Dad's a, well, he was born in Newcastle, so sort of been passed down. If I supported anyone else, I think he'd shoot me. So, yeah, it was good. We actually got to see, when I lived in England when we were over there. I moved over here when I was 13, so I was uh, young enough to actually go and see a couple of like the London club games when Newcastle were playing there, because we lived um, just north of London. So, and then we uh, actually managed to get a uh, UEFA Cup game in where we watched. I think we lost 2-1 to Deportivo, but saw Shearer play. I think Amiobi scored, actually. So, yeah, it was good, actually. Managed to get a bit of football in when I was back there. But here, yeah, we've got uh, our local team. I don't know, Perth Glory. But we've been going to watch the, um, what do you call it, the local Perth League, which is good. So we've got this team called Floriot, who, if you know Stan Lazaridis, it's his old club. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so they've got the Stan Lazaridis ground. So we go down there and sit in the old Stan Lazaridis ground. they got all the Greek boys still there from, like, the 50s, like, must be 90 years old now, but they've all got their own little seats, like, allocated to them. Yeah, go grab a beer with them, have a chat about how the league's going. So, yeah, we've been doing that, like, Saturday because they're allowed fans back at the moment. Are so, they? It's, is that it's like just a certain number or is it just everyone sort of piling in? Is it what, sorry? A certain number of fans or is it just, like... Oh man, if they pull over like 300, they'll be doing okay. well. Yeah, it's sort of like, I mean, on good days, they'll probably get about 200 people. But it's yeah. um, most of those are probably parents going to watch the <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the first team play. That's no, a good oh, laugh, right. though. There's some good teams. Good football. Has Stan Lazaridis uh, made an appearance in the stands? Or was he... I he might have. I don't know. There's been some all right um, players come through. 
but not from Florida. But there's been a couple of players like who've made it up into sort of the pre- uh, sorry the A League and then go across to Australia. But um, apart from Stan, I don't think there's any been anyone recent that sort of made it. Oh, Dylan Tom Beatties did actually. He played for West Ham, but then he ended up unfortunately yeah he died like really early on like when he was like 17 or something so oh wow poor guy but he got meant he was in the um, australia side and he was he was captain in australia for like under 18s under 20s and then played played for west ham but yeah, unfortunately his career got cut short with like cancer so poor bloke oh, just awful. put a downer on the move as well Jeez. yeah man he was sick good player that's harsh anyway well when he, listen jack you had a pretty good game week Four, 73 points in our all-star league so we're you know i'm definitely leaning on you i think i got the reverse there i think i got 37 <laughs> so um will you help us with a couple of tips for our listeners definitely well i've got to go obviously my boy harry kane even though what do you call it tottenham we always do well against tottenham newcastle so sort of picked him and son thinking oh they won't do anything against us and then what is it son got four goals the other week but harry kane i will you get three assists as well or something so yeah, scored three assists. It's been good. It's like he's always consistent as well. So sort of gone for Harry Kane. I think they're playing West Ham at home. And then that was the decision as well because West Ham just won 3-0 against Leicester when no one saw that. I think everyone had Vardy as captain in that game as well. Yeah. So that was sort of, that was a bit of a shock, shock result, that one. Not as much as the old Liverpool and Villa. And that was going to be my second one was going to be Grealish. But they've got Leicester away. So... I've gone Timo Werner, Chelsea. I'm pretty sure they're playing Southampton. Hopefully, Timo Werner gets his uh, gets his golden touch again. And he's got it's a, it's going to be one of those things where it's just a matter of time, really. Where he's got, I think he's going to come in just blazing. It's like it takes him maybe four or five games, and then it'll just be just be netting them. Yeah, I think you're right. Hopefully. He's going to explode one week. You just got to get that tip tip right. Home yeah. Southampton. It could be it. Or he's, or he's going to be a massive Joel Linton. And <laughs> we're just yeah. yeah, I've I've been waiting for Timo Werner. I've ditched him. I know we've got I know we've got a while for the international break, but I was waiting and waiting, and I've got one assist out of him in four games, I think. So yeah, the, money, the money's got to go out. So, but you're probably right. It's always the way it works, and when you hang on to those players, they do well the moment you get rid of them. So and they're a new. I mean, they've got so many new signings where it's going to probably take a while before they get a bit of formation playing. So. Havertz and obviously Thiago Silva playing at the back. We had like a shocker his first game, but um, now he's looking like pretty solid. So hopefully, I don't know. Chelsea, I think, yeah, it's a bit, bit harsh on Lampard as well because he's got a new team. All the sort of relegation battler teams as well who have been, been playing together, not really any pre-season, uh, have just been blazing it like straight away. So it's hard to pick. There isn't really a person apart from Calvert-Lewin but yeah. no, I did, did anyone have him in their team first round? You did, didn't you? No, I, got, I brought him in second round because uh, yeah. he looked good. So I didn't yeah, quite have the foresight. But yeah, he just, I mean, he's one as well you think could just tail off any week, but just banging in hat trips for fun, isn't he? This is, this is, <laughs> yeah, is that, and in the cup as well. I, I had him end of last season and just got burnt by him. He, I think I had five games where he was just getting two points every game. And it's funny, isn't it? This is the problem I have with FPL. I, t- I take things personally. I'm like, right now, I've tried you. You've, you've hurt me in the past. We're not, going, we're not getting back together. And it's like this kind of stupid stubbornness I have with FPL where, you know, it can burn you sometimes. But, you know, it's, um, do, you have a, do you have a tactic, Jack? Is it a kind of a research thing or is it a gut thing or...? 
my brother he does the old like shots on target and really gets into it about like um stats. yeah yeah he goes full stats based but i don't know i suppose like uh recently because there hasn't even been a clean sheet or there's rare to see a clean sheet i used to do the 4-4-2 but now it's sort of gone back to a 3-4-3 just because the strikers seem to be getting more points so yeah but in um um old wilson for newcastle because i had him i had him and sent maximum in the side at the start and then i don't you always don't know about newcastle they just either like lose eight nil or <laughs> Well, something, and then we just don't score for four weeks. But it seems like we've got, um, like Bruce has done all right with bringing in those signings, yeah. with Fraser as well, and um, the left back for Norwich. So yeah, we're looking, we're looking pretty sturdy. It's um, it's a re- it's a really interesting time, isn't it? I know it's only three or four games in, but there's a real air of why are these shock results coming up? Is it to do with no crowds? Is it to do with lockdown? Is it to do with a, a shorter break between seasons? Are, are the players feeling maybe psychologically different because of what they've been through with lockdown? There's so many interesting little angles and theories coming out at the moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, if anything, it has made it more entertaining without the crowd being there. Like at first, I mean, it was so hard. Did, did you watch that? Was it Borussia Dortmund versus Button Gladbach or whatever? Like it was the first game back of football. It was the German league. Must have been a couple yeah. of months ago. No crowd noises. It was like two one or something. It was probably one of the most boring games of football. But since then, it's like the results have just been banging. Since they've like they've got it really good with the or the whoever's doing the broadcasting, putting their commentary on and still doing the sounds of the crowd. It almost kind of feels like there's still a bit of atmosphere, so you can watch it, I suppose. I agree. I just think you have to really focus on the play, don't you? You just have to look. At <laughs> yeah, exactly. The and everyone's become a st- uh, statistician as well because yeah. we don't get the football out here until first game's on at seven thirty p.m. in okay. Perth, and then um, and then it sort of goes across till like three in the morning. It finishes, so it's it's quite a good session. Do you know what I mean? If you're going to watch football around someone's house, it's sort of a night thing. Whereas I suppose England, it's like daytime, then you go out afterwards. But it's almost like the last thing we do. So. It's uh, it's it's not it's not bad actually. I used to hate it, but now I've got so into it. It's almost like, what do you mean the football's on at twelve? It's like, it's hard. <laughs> like a sort of Saturday night ritual. Then it's kind of head out. Yeah, yeah, it's great. We um, we had a we wanted to ask you. We ask a lot of our guests from bands this question, and it's one you can come back to if you need to because we might. I don't know. You might already know the answer, but um, if if you do you play or do you, any of the band play football? I used to play. Uh, I used to yeah. play for Florida a bit, but that's what I was, but no, I haven't played in ages. Okay. Not with this boy hanging around me. But. <laughs> <laughs> Good times have got to go somewhere. Um, yeah. If, if you could have any band member in your own five-a-side football team, who would it be? Is there anyone you've met on the music scene or touring? Oh, or man, any band member? It's pretty hard. Uh, might stand up well in goal. Or... Who would I get? That's a pretty good question. The, we, have, um, we have a few charity games over here where celebrities get involved. There's the soccer aid game for Unicef. That's like Surge when they're from Kasabian. Uh, yeah, Kasabian's summit of a legend in the world of football. That's it. That goal he scored on Soccer AM as well. That was that That's was unbelievable. Is. I always dreamt of that would be me one day, but I'll just trip over the ball, just end up. <laughs> be like, all right, and then you just get laughed at by tubes just constantly. But. um Oh man, I don't know. Hopefully, I'm going to go the old Pete Crouch tactic. And who's the tallest person? I'll get Tommy Lee up front. Just hopefully, <laughs> I reckon he the ball well. Yeah. He's a tall, tall man. Put him in the mixer. Yeah, we'll go long ball. 
<laughs> long balls to Tommy Lee. <laughs> Brilliant. That's a good. That's a good answer. Well, should we um, should we move on to our little game of five aside, Rich? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. So, so Jack, we've got a few questions prepared for you. Five, in fact. So, if you wanted to just um, pick a number between one and five, we'll uh, we'll hit you with a question. All right. Uh, we'll go four. Right, number four. What have we got? So, beer. We're talking about beer. Have you got any no. good beer tips for us? Any decent Aussie beers? I know you're kind of settling down with one now. Um, or maybe best drink you've had or best drink to accompany a footy match, maybe one of those Saturday evening sessions. Well, Little Creatures Pale Ale has been my go-to for years. Do you have that in England now? I'm trying to think. I don't... It's not immediately sort of like- recalling. It's like a take on. Do you have Sierra Nevada Pale Ale? Yeah, those? yeah. It's sort of like a, an Aussie take on that, where it's almost like not as sort of strong, I suppose. That's a really good session drinking ale. Sort of yeah. leaves you with a bit of a belly at the end of it, but like um, they've got this other one called Rogers, which is almost like mid strength. Like mid strength beer is really good here, and I used to never hate it. It's not. It's just like a, I don't know why they call it mid strength. It's only like point four percent less than the standard beer so it's just one standard drink but um i mean if you're going out for a long day you might as well just get on the mid-strength it's a great tactic so yeah. on the heavies you just gone like if you have a couple of pints of guinness when you start off at lunchtime it's gonna be really hard trying to come back up so start on the mid-strength you'll go until 10 p.m 11 p.m like you're solid so that's probably a good like the session hours we do some good session hours out here i yeah. think gauge roads have a thing called a session air and is that is that something you have on the rider? You said you've done some gigs recently. Is that do you guys? Oh uh, yeah, it used to it used to be. I think our riders like yeah, we used to have like a couple of cartons of beer, but then everyone started um, getting bloated before the sets, and then we started trying to drink vodka, and then that didn't work, and then it was like a couple of glasses of wine, and then we were like, why don't we just try all of them? So now our riders this miscellaneous <laughs> group of wine, gins, beers. There's quite an art to it, isn't there? There's quite an art to getting the right, from the conversations we've had on here, of getting the right drink and, and having it at the right moment and, you know, being able to nod to the correct person on the side of the stage to know when you need a top up and all that. There's, it's definitely something, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. If you learned. can drink on stage, I think, yeah, I've never had any time. Like, I, I, playing and singing and doing that, you're always like, all right, if I have a sip now, then no one's going to talk to the audience. Then you get scared. You're like, someone's got to talk to the audience. And so you're just sort of running around like, all right, just change this guitar. All right, sweet. Oh God, I snapped the string. Yeah, I have nightmares that I like wake up and there's no strings on my guitar and I'm walking out stage to just like, oh, it's happening. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just like beforehand, couple of beers. And then on stage, by the end of the song, you're sort of sober because you just sweated so much like juice out. So and then you come off and you're like, I can't bother drinking anymore for about 10 minutes. And then your adrenaline kicks back in. You're just like, let's go again. But yeah. <laughs> That's it. So you and how was you. that? How, yeah. how was that recently? Sorry, Rich. Um, playing, playing some gigs. That must have been incredible. Dude, that was, yeah, so sick. Like, I didn't think we were going to be playing gigs for a long time. And sort of looking at um, sort of Melbourne as well, like, because they're still in lockdown and sort of the east coast of Australia. And Perth sort of... Um, just kept it under wraps, I suppose. We shut the borders off really early because it's such a gigantic country. I'm pretty sure it's like West Australia is half the size of Europe or something silly. So it's a gigantic place, but with only about 3 million people here. So it was kind of easy for a bit us to shut the borders, keep secluded, and not really a lot changed. We shut the bars down for a while, yeah. and then it went back to sort of half capacity, and now it's gone 
I think October 24th is when we can go back out fully and start doing full performances. But the um, the AFL, so like, you know, like Aussie rules football? Yeah. So they, they managed, so like usually in a venue during COVID, during the lockdown, you can get maximum 500 people. Somehow they've managed to dwindle 30,000 people into a 60,000 cap arena being oh. like, nah, it's still half cap. And everyone's like, yeah, it's half cap because everyone loves Aussie rules over here. So you've got everyone sort of like spreading themselves out at gigs, being like, yeah, we'll keep it chill. Like, we'll do our right thing. Meanwhile, there's 30,000 people going down on a train, all coming into the same entrance, and then, and then social distancing. You're like, how's that work? But, yeah. I mean, we're still, we're still all right, which seems that, to... That's been happening for a while, has it? That's been going on for ages, man, so... Hopefully, I mean, our cases haven't gone up. We've obviously got people coming back into the country. I think if they get it, you have to go and pay for yourself to go into a hotel quarantine for two weeks, which is like it's pretty expensive to do that. So I think it's deterred people from coming back in. Okay. Well, I, yeah. think, I know I know. we said we'd let you pick the numbers, but I think that has to take us on to question five, don't you, Rich? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're pretty envious of this situation, um, <clears throat> but... But, you know, hypothetically, let's say it all gets cured. We find a cure tomorrow, but something we can all do in our own home, like drink a pint of grapefruit juice and you're, you're, everyone's COVID safe for a month, as long as you do that once a month. Okay, and, and gigs are back to normal, right? Who would you have? If you can go to any gig, it's packed. Who, who are you going to have as a headline and a support act? If you, you can oh, go man. to any gig and, and it'll be any, back any gig. And Pat, who any would you want to see? Oh, that's such a hard question right now. I'm just getting excited <laughs> thinking about it. Um, I mean, I had tickets for Tame and Parlor when they were coming here. You, you guys like Mars Volta? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah I used to right. love at the driving. Yeah, at the driving, exactly. Mars Volta, number one. And I luckily, I saw Tool about two weeks before COVID shut down. Oh, and that wow. was like two bands. So, yeah, I'll go Mars Volta supporting Tame and Parlor. That would be that pretty good. Like good night. Yeah, that's a pretty amazing gig. Where would you have it? Is there a special venue you'd stick them in? If, if, you know, my house. Yeah, yeah, my house. I'll give them a couple of beers. <laughs> be like, yeah, there'll be people coming. Be like, yeah, it's 20,000 people. It's just, just come down. <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing. That's it. Okay, so you've got, you've got one to three left for your, for your five-a-side questions. All right, we'll go, we'll go down. We'll go three, two, one. All right, so number three. So you guys are obviously from Perth, um, or formed in Perth, which English people really know as the place where people go when they leave neighbours. Do you have Carl's <laughs> phone number? <laughs> yeah. this is kind of like English people are probably a certain age, like 30 plus. You hear Perth, you're like, right, that's it. When you graduate Ramsey Street, straight out to Perth. Have you bumped yeah. into anything? Yeah. Am I, oh, from neighbours? Yeah. Um, Oh man, was Margot Robbie a neighbours? Oh, that's a good question. I think she was. I think she, I think she was been. in one of them. That, that could be, yeah, it could well be the case. I that's pretty good. How do people feel about neighbours in Australia? Because it's kind of a bit of a cult thing over here. But... Yeah, it's like not on really. Like it's so, I don't know, I don't even think people know it's that big over in England. Like it's almost like if... Uh, EastEnders had a huge following here. It's like, but I suppose that's still big in England. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think I knew it was big when we lived in England. Then coming here, it was. I remember my mum used to watch it heaps. But 
uh no nah, it's not it's not really it's like sort of daytime television really it's yeah. like so yeah. so bland but uh sorry for anyone who's a massive neighbors <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's not it blew, yeah. it blew our minds when we found out Erinsborough was an anagram of neighbors oh true is yeah. that where they live is it? yeah that's it so yeah yeah, yeah well let's 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 move on let's leave the neighbors yeah. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you got you got questions one or two back yeah we're going two right yeah, yeah, we'll go to. So we're on, we're on to beards. You have you have a fantastic beard, Jack. And, Mine's um, awesome, man. I've got to I've got to get trim. You got a lovely one. Well, we um, we were looking at your press shots. That's obviously when you had it tidied up for when you knew you had a photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> right um, but yeah, we wondered if you had any beard tips and if you have a beard idol. A beard idol, man. There's some like I swear every guy who works in a barber has like neck tats and a beard. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, he's like the government makes them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's what they almost yeah they just come out like stamps. Like you're like yeah, it's classic. <laughs> I knew he'd be there. I don't know beard. Actually, Miller Yedinak, he had a sensation. Oh man, yeah. I'm a Palace had, fan, yeah. so I know that this beard well. This was criminally good. Yeah. Like to be like captain of Australia with like a gigantic like sergeant pose on your face. He looked like he could control like the bat line just by looking at him like. Didn't have to say anything. <laughs> you know yeah. what? You're not, you're not far off the truth there because I've, I've been a season ticket holder at Palace for a while and he, he was never that vocal. And I always used to think that. It's like, he's, you know, he's a great captain and great leader, but you never used to see him saying much. But yeah, what a beard. <laughs> There's something about that a beard, that strong jawline as well. It's, it makes yeah. it even And that's hair as well. He's a Maybe that's what he did. Maybe he used to hold the line with it. If it was long enough, he could literally <laughs> take left that and hold it and they could run along with it. <laughs> That'd be a good tactic. That's great. That actually leads us neatly into question one. We were going to ask you about some of your favourite Aussie footballers. Obviously, there's a fair few, uh, like Harry Kiel, Mark Viduka, etc., who've graced the Premier League. If you had any favourites. Favourites? I mean, obviously, yeah, like you said, Mark Viduka being at Newcastle was pretty pretty decent. But he obviously, his best years were at Leeds. Um, oh, then again, you go Harry Kiel. Lucas Neal, man. Lucas Neal was good when he was playing for Blackburn. What Mark uh, Mark Schwarzer? He was a oh, great yeah. keeper. Great keeper, yeah, yeah. Tim Cahill. Oh, Tim Cahill, obviously, but he's he's a legend at the moment. Like, there's a really good player that got um, is it Rogic? I think he was playing for Celtic for a while. If he's still playing for them, but when he has a good game, he's yeah, he's great. Like, plays really well for Australia because obviously we get put into that sort of league with Qatar now and Amman and um, all these sort of. Um, sort of yeah the united arab emirates sort of league where it's almost that side of asia because for ages it wasn't until we played uruguay um in 2005 where they used to do the australasia league where it would be australia playing like the samoan islands and all these like sort of different countries and i remember they used to have like 24 nil like i think they had a game against someone where it was the highest ever football result it was like 32 nil or something wow. <laughs> and then so they'd win that and then have to play the loser of the uh the south american league so it would always be like yeah uruguay or peru or someone playing australia and they just get pummeled because they're never playing anyone decent so since that got changed, it's like, and football just sort of changed as well. There's a really good documentary of this guy. Uh, he's a comedian, Australian comedian, and he's gone to find... Uh, I, I can't remember what... 
he's talking about how football has changed. I'm pretty sure it's him and Mark, and Mark Bosnich. Actually, Mark Bosnich. Mark Bosnich, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Um, they, they, they go to South Africa. I think that's where the World Cup was at the time where Australia got in. I can't are they go to like dig up the penalty spot or something where Cahill scored oh, the first goal or something like that against Japan. But wow. it's a funny documentary, yeah. It's a good one. Oh, awesome. So, so tell us a little bit about what you guys have got coming up. Obviously, you've got Mr. Prison, the single, out now. Uh, Rob and I both saw the video yesterday for the first time, which was thoroughly enjoyable. I read somewhere that you guys have been inspired by Terry Gilliam and, and, and that kind of vibe, which I think you, know, you can obviously feel in that. But yeah, and you've got the album coming out as well. Yeah, like the Terry, Terry Gilliam stuff, all the Monty Python bits and pieces. And obviously, um, Mighty Boosh as well. Like, yeah. that kind of just all sort of infiltrates into that psych world. So, man, I want to talk about football. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, we got, a new, we got a new album coming out. So that should be out, um, I think, in, not in February. But, I mean, this obviously this period has been sort of bad for not playing, but great for writing and sort of getting down ideas and... So I record at home in a studio here, and yeah. um, so it's been obviously pretty easy to sort of just go to town, really, with no one else being like, oh, you got to be on the road for the next six months or whatever, sort of fucking set myself two months to work on a record or and get it recorded and do all the drums and guitars and everything. So, yeah, it's been nice actually having a bit of time away from that sort of hectic touring schedule. And managing to watch football, which has been so good. Like yeah. usually, I'm there yeah. trying to get Wi-Fi on the autobahn or something. Like I can't. <laughs> and you're working with that. Like what's that double E company? Is it called AE? They do like the twenty pound SIM cards. It's like the right. two E. Oh yeah, yeah. They? yeah. It's called AE. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we always go and get one of them, and then they're like, it's like. Ten dollars every megabyte afterwards. You're just watching the football. Like, oh my god! I'm like, forty-five minutes of football, and they send you a message, be like, yeah, you owe us like two hundred pounds. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, just burn it. That's dedication. I mean, it's kind of yeah. There's so much on at the moment, and we've got all the games uh, at the minute, and for the lockdown period, uh, which we didn't used to have in the UK, it's kind of driving a wedge between me and my family because Sunday <laughs> yeah. now you kind of like turn on at midday and you. You're rolling right through till six o'clock, and on Saturday now there's a late game, so you can be watching yeah. from about and two to ten. Well, right? What's that? Double game thing was uh, kind of making Mondays a bit more bearable as well. So yeah, flogging the players to death, but they're keeping us entertained. That's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've had some good stories from bands who've been on before. Um, just how they get like if they're playing a show while their favourite team's on. There was one uh, Piers Piers who's a who's the drummer in Boxer Rebellion he was saying he he had was like it was the final I think the final day of the season and he, he's in this little mini league with someone else really competitive at the end of it the other one buys the loser uh, buys them a meal and he just got Ibrahimovic in and he said he was like he had his phone down on the floor while he was playing the drums with the kind of screen up and Ibrahimovic scored a brace which took him ahead but it's that dedication <laughs> just to, well, to that is so good. FBL. Yeah, have so you ever good. had anything like that when you've been, I guess you are playing when the matches are yeah, on. Yeah, no, we had, a, we had a really funny story. So our bass player, he's like a gigantic West Coast Eagles fan. So they're obviously the AFL, but we did a festival called Spilt Milk. It's probably like eight to 10,000 people. 
and he had the game on his phone on his pedal board watching it <laughs> while, while, and, it, and they, it was but he had to watch it because it was the final it was the, they did grand finals here so rather than whoever wins the league wins it's like the top eight go into like a playoff sort of thing so first place eighth second place seventh sort of etc um and then they go into a grand grand final so i think it's just so they can pack out a stadium and just make bulk money off it but um yeah so west coast were playing i think it was sydney team um and he obviously we were on about uh right at the very end so he had 15 minutes of watching the game on his pedal board uh and, and obviously we were just like focus man focus and he's like, <laughs> like just not nah, not even caring about it did they win they did. They did win, and he had a, he's had his scarf on for the rest of the game. Every after every song, it was just like, yeah, putting it up. Oh, amazing, love that. Who says men can't multitask? Eh? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Do a gig and watch the football. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, Jack, I think um, we're, we're pretty much out of time, but um, it's been great having you along. Yeah, well, thank thanks so much for having me on. It's been great talking. Uh, yeah, like I said, people about football. <laughs> Just call me up tomorrow. I'll be, I'll be free. Like, okay, we're, we're, we're always up on your team on how you're doing in the league. And um, yeah, every every week we had the highest scorer, so we're always getting in touch with them to ask us to give ask them to give us a few tips. So we had a, great, a great. With another sky this week. We've got 95 points, which is pretty insane. But Man, it's mad. Really, you're doing well. You're climbing the table. Just yeah. Uh, but yeah, and thanks. if you ever get if you ever get Magnus Carlson, I'll give him a game. I'll get the old chessboard out. <laughs> yeah, we'd love that. Actually, we should do that. A little sub-league. I've, I've got my pieces ready. There it is. Oh, mate, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> For my captain this week. Yeah? Yeah? I choose? Yeah? For my captain this week. So this week we had a toddler captain tip all the way from Hong Kong. Our friend Lawrence Thompson uh, asked his three-year-old son, Louis, to help him out with his captain choice. And here he is. Louis, hi. You say hello. Hi. How old are you? Three. Yeah, you are. Can you help me choose one of these people, please? For my football team. Now, should I choose this guy? Hey, Dad. Someone win. Or should I choose this guy, Mo Salah? Who should be my captain? I don't know. Well, who's best? Who? Mo Salah? Yeah. Why is that? Why does he choose the best? Because he has one, two ones on his back. Because he's got two ones on his back? Yeah, because he's, a, he's an 11 guy. You're right. So he's the best? Yeah. Okay, thank you. There you go. Look, that's shattered your theory, Rich, about all the kids liking him for his kind of slightly friendly cartoonish features. Just went for the numbers on his back. Yeah, it's just the double ones, the 11 guy. Yeah, two number ones. I mean, you know, that's, I reckon that's pretty deep, actually, isn't it? It is, he, yeah. You know that number one is the, you know, first place, the winner, and he's got two of them. So he's absolutely laughing, isn't he? So Liverpool away at Everton uh, in game week five, so that's... Tip for the top, most. Yeah, 
I haven't dug into that, but I'm sure there's going to be something about him uh, scoring against Everton on a regular basis. I mean, he does score about uh, pretty much against everyone on a regular basis, doesn't he? <laughs> so thank you very much for that. Keeping up our international flavour on the episode this week. We've heard yeah, from Australia and Hong Kong. If you are listening from somewhere other than the UK or even the UK, please do get in touch on the socials. Get in touch on FF Hangover on Twitter. And on Fantasy Football Hangover on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening. As we mentioned earlier, we're recording this, you know, ahead of the international break, so there could be some injuries that crop up. But um, I mean, looking ahead to game week five on the back of game week four, which was a, a crazy, crazy weekend of fixtures. Absolutely. What's your take on it, Rich? There's a lot of theories. Is it the crowds? Is it the is it the players? Is it is it defenders can't defend anymore? What, what what's your theory? I don't know. It's just such a wild set of circumstances that have come together. I mean, I read somewhere it's like watching, you're kind of almost like you're watching a product now. You know, it's like watching a video game in the way that people are attacking and defending, which there is an element of that. I mean, it's really exciting. Um, I can't remember the league being this predictable. As Jack said, as Jack referenced earlier, it's, it's, it's great to have the goals, isn't it? Instead of it feeling like a training match, it certainly doesn't feel like that. And I, and I think there's, you know, there's, um, I don't know if it's a, a pressure thing, you know, the crowd thing, only time will tell or only the players can tell you really. But um, once once that all starts coming back to normal. But I think as well, we are still very early on in a long yeah. season. And, you know, yeah, Man United lost. Um, they were down to 10 men very early on as well and they still need to strengthen. Yeah, um, but the way, they, the way they unraveled was just, yeah. like, you're a United fan, you'd be worried. And then, you know, bringing in, just bringing in Cavani and these two teenage wingers is probably not the remedy. So things look bleak there. I mean, Liverpool but, was just bizarre, wasn't it? Yeah. And then like yeah. Liverpool and United scored, uh, conceded 13 goals in a yeah. Did unravel and they were a little bit shambolic, uh, but if three of those goals were deflected, you know, it, sometimes those those things do happen and things don't go your way in a major way. But I think uh, my I have a theory it's about communication because I think without a crowd and yeah, there's moments in a game where a crowd might spur on a team or a player or whatever or or, or go the other way. Um, but I think without a crowd, it's harder for players to communicate on the pitch uh, and and the coach. They can't ignore the coach, so they have to listen to everything they're being told on the sideline. <laughs> do that little. Uh, Mika Richards was talking about it last night how when he played with Vincent Company, often they'd if the game wasn't going their way, hit between the back four, they'd be like, "Look, let's do this instead of what Mancini's telling us," because they could feel how the game was going. And I wonder if those little things just psychologically are creeping in a bit, where. Although there's no pressure of the crowd, there's the pressure of the coach where you can hear every word and there's you can't have your own little chat, your own little conversation. I don't know. It's, That's an interesting it's, theory, yeah, because the, the, the crowd noise would just supersede the coach, wouldn't it, in, in yeah. uh, the game particularly. So right. it does fall to the players. Yeah, it's a very interesting theory. There's less breaks in the game, right? If you notice, less players go down, less players feign injury. When someone goes down now, you're like, that's, they've genuinely hurt themselves. I, I don't know why that is, but there's definitely, when you're watching live football, there's less players rolling over and their physio coming on and then they're running around. I wonder if that, that is like, because I think you can, particularly when it's not going well for a home side, you can really feel that tension in the crowd. 
and yeah. a player's reaction could be to dissipate that by just staying down those extra yeah. 20 seconds. Actually, yeah, wind up the opposition, wind up the fans. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But um, I'm, as I mentioned earlier, I am actively with my wild card, which feels good. Right. But my team is just, it's, at the moment, it's just, I've just jumped on a massive bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> so, how, yeah, how are you feeling about the wild card? Who are your, your key people to try and bring, bring in? My, Dreadful start was that. I mean, I think I got 37 points last week. I think every week I've been under average, so it's you know, it's not good enough. But I was just trying to back the winning horse before they'd started the race. I was, you know, I'd gone Timo Werner, I'd gone um, Havertz, and I went Foden instead of Rodriguez. You know, just all these. I was like, I'm going to be the one, and everyone's going to sign them next week, and it never worked. So, I'm the one theory, the solid theory I'm probably sticking with is, is budget defenders. I think Chilwell might be the only one I spend money on because Chelsea's fixtures are good and he's taking corners. And yeah, he's pieces. so good going forward. I, I want to bring yeah, him in as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Trent's going. I think Liverpool, that, they'll steady the ship at some point, but I'm just ditching him for now. And then, um, yeah, I'm going fixture-proof and Harry Kane. Sorry, sorry, Rich. But... Um, yeah, and then just sorting out the midfield. I mean, the Grealish thing, obviously he scored massively and he'll be massively signed, but still not convinced he's consistent. But as you mentioned, Ross Barkley could free that up. That could yeah. become a really good partnership. I think he'll make a real difference with Because he's on set pieces, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think, they, I mean, they, they showed, I know they've probably played together, uh, I guess, under 21 level for England, I would imagine. They seem to have like an instant rapport just from... Yeah. Instagram interactions as well as on the pitch and I think they'll be really good for each other but it takes some of that pressure off Grealish as well it's um, things up front I mean I know it's one like one game and it's his first goals but he looks sharp it's certainly yeah. not better than what's the matter last season I think yeah and and those those you know Will included those um, you know friends of the show that know the championship better than than I do I've said he's a decent player and he looks he's been looking good for a while but I think there's uh, there's actually some great fixtures I mean Man City Arsenal 5.30 on Saturday should be interesting you've got Palace Brighton the derby on Sunday and Spurs West Ham that's why I've gone Kane because he always scores against West Ham yeah if he doesn't get injured in the international break of course yeah, that's 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 potentially worry. Yeah, there's some good games on there. And Chelsea, you know, you feel well, every week you feel like they're going to turn the corner. I mean, they look good against Palace and that home fixture against Southampton. Merseyside derby could be an absolute goal fest, couldn't it? Yeah, of course, that's the early game. Yeah, on the Saturday. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. What are you doing? Are you making many transfers? Are you making? No, I'm re- I'm reasonably happy with my 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 team at the moment. I. I like you. I'm thinking about getting Alexander Alexander Arnold out because it's such a lot of money. No, I got rid of him. I bought in De Bruyne, which is a question mark as well. I mean, uh, so I've got my two premiums: are Salah and De Bruyne, which I will definitely stick with for next week. Um, But maybe I might take out Alexander Arnold, bring in Chilwell, and then use that cash to upgrade one of the midfielders. I mean, I've got Saka. and I was toying with getting rid of him, but he's, you know, he seems, he seems to, you know, he's, he's having like a real purple period in terms of, you know, called up for England, starting yeah. executive games, scoring. So I feel like he's too good to drop at the moment uh, for our for, for our setter. Um, yeah. And it'll be someone else who makes way. So I may stick with him. I've got, got, I've got Vinegary who I need to get rid of. Vinegary went on loan, didn't he? he did, yeah, off to Olympiacos, but... Yeah, that, that's fine. That can wait. So I'm I'm okay with my team. Got DCL, obviously. 
Yeah, that's a good shout. There's some good budget defenders, though, isn't there? You know, you're looking at... Um, I mean, even... I mean, you're not getting many clean sheets, so the wing-backs seem to be the place to look, don't they? Those that are getting forward a lot. Um, and Villa as well. Villa seem to be defensively pretty sound. Yeah, Will's a big fan of Matty Cash, isn't he? Who they signed yeah. from Nottingham Forest, and he, he's looking good. And Target on the other side, both full-backs, actually. Decent yeah. Villa. Yeah, I think it's only... It's sort of you know, it feels like Fulham are going to leak goals all season. But beyond that, I mean, you know, Southampton's defence might be worth looking at as well. Carl yeah. Wappy, you know, right, four and a half million. Yeah, there's definitely ways to free up money. But we'll see what happens in the international break and uh, and work it all out. And uh, I hope, I don't know. I'm always scared with the wild card to jump on the bandwagon. and feel like you've got to have a couple that are your own little punts. Yeah, not, or just not, a safe bet. Yeah. But, um, we, yeah, you're gonna go for you're gonna go for Mo. Yeah, I am. He's because I had a Bamian, uh, so he's out and and Salah's in. It just feels like an, a season long um, player, doesn't he? Yeah, there's just no even even when they're playing appallingly, he still gets two goals and bonus points. So I, yeah, I like Mane, but that feels a bit risky at the moment. Yeah, I know what you mean, and it's. I think Mane tends to be more I, I, I had Mane for a chunk of last season he tends to be more explosive he'll get you those big returns but I think across the course of the season Salah just always edges it yeah yeah. So I, I like sticking with Mo it's like a nice easy one yeah yeah but anyway um, we should uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks and I hope everyone enjoyed Jack from Psychedelic Porn Crumpets yeah, on. absolutely. Yeah, check out check out the video for Mr. Prism. That's up online now, and and that singles out, and um, the album is coming. So do do have a listen and let us know what you what you think. There, uh, I mean, if it comes to a point as and when they're back in the UK, I thoroughly recommend checking them out live as well because they're just they're a stonking force. You know, just riftastic, big wall of sound kind of stuff. It's brilliant. Yeah, great band. All right, Rich. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Good, and uh, we'll speak to you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, see you soon, guys. Bye. Bye. Please um, rate and review my daddy's podcast so he doesn't get cross.